You're listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, episode 448. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we continue our journey with season one of the Fox series Fringe. And I, I was just thinking, you know, obviously we're going to talk about episode nine tonight. Episode 10 is next week. And, you know, now almost every show has a mid-season finale. I don't remember if Fringe did anything like that. Probably not back then. Yeah, I think it was before. I'm trying to think, like, what was, like, the first show that, you know, where they actually not just had, like, a mid-season, you know, like, the season was literally cut in two, right? Like, it's pretty yeah. commonplace nowadays, but, um, you know, all of a sudden, you're like, you know, it's like they'd go eight episodes and, like, we'll be back in April. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I guess we'll find out next week whether they uh, opted for a mid-season finale, official yeah. or otherwise. I don't know if we'll really know, you know, except for, like, an overly dramatic, you know, ending, maybe. Right. And, and again, Well, you always I, look up when they, film, when they broadcast as well, so. Well, that's true as well. But, but yeah. We're, oh, right. Of course. So, uh, well, anyway, <laughs> we will see next uh, but, but yeah, I, next time. I, I think it's, it's probably... 08 was probably before um, that became kind of the standard fare. If you guys want to contact us with feedback, questions, whatever, sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com is the way you can do it. Join the Facebook group if you are so inclined. You know, what we're watching, I'm just going to be real quick. I I mentioned I was checking out the Netflix sci-fi slash horror series Archive 81, and it's a this guy who is an expert at recovering damaged videotapes and this sketchy guy comes to him and says, Hey, there was this fire in this apartment building and we'd like you to come out and, and see if you can work your magic on all these damaged videotapes. And the guy's like, well, what's on them? Well, you know, I can't tell you. You'll, you'll see when you work on them. He's like, okay, uh, and we'll pay you $100,000, but they're so brittle, you have to come out to our remote location and work on them by yourself. Mm. So it's got that shining vibe, number right. one. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm four episodes in, and dude, I'm like, eh, I think I'm done. No. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I don't know. You know, it was cool for a while. I mean, I don't know. I, I, we'll see. But I, I think I'm done with it. Well, maybe um, you won't. It sounds like you're not going to see. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, you, you know how it is. Sometimes you just get one of those nights where, all right, what do I want to watch? Well, I'm between shows. Well, all right. I'll go back and finish that episode. Um, now I'm still loving Vikings Valhalla, which won't drop until the 25th of February. And as I mentioned, I've got screeners, so really good, but you know, I'm, when I say, you know, that's rhetorical. Cause I know, yeah, you know, I the problem know. with shows, <laughs> right? Like Vikings and really even more Vikings Valhalla is that they are historically based and Vikings Valhalla seems to be even more accurately based than Vikings was. So the whole idea of predictions and spoilers is sort of a moot point. Yeah. You know, I mean, and I tried to make it clear when I was doing Vikings, you know, I'm not going to look stuff up that, Oh, I wonder if so-and-so and and this guy will, uh, you know, duke it out. 
And then somebody makes a snarky comment. Well, all you had to do was, rem- you know, look at your history. I'm like, you know, well, what fun is that? Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I, uh, I was so mad. I, mean, I've, I've, I know I've said this before. I was just so annoyed when I started watching Vikings and I went and actually looked up Ragnar and I found out how he died. And I just right. was like, ah, son of a bitch. <laughs> you know, I'm like I was so mad at myself. Because I realized I just spoiled like a big part of, of, of the show. And when it actually came up, I'm like, ah, yeah, I know. This is it for Ragnar, you know. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, obviously this is dealing with people like, you know, more like Ragnar is, we assume, actually existed. But I think he just exists. There's no like really official history. Well, I'm sure there is something out there. But really, I think well, mostly he exists in, in like song and ballad and stuff. Uh, his sons are the the guys who are a little bit more um, known in, in in actual history. But now we're dealing with like, well, like William the Conqueror. Like, okay, right. dude existed. Uh, we know what he did. Spoilers has something to do with England. So right. you know, like, yeah, you know, like yeah. so so and the, the guys running the show know that. You know, like no, they 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 knew probably back then. We're working with material that is not going to be you know, readily known by most people, but now they're in the territory. Well, yeah, most, at least semi-educated people know a little bit about, you know, the, the time there this is happening. is the rub. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so uh, what are you watching? Well, the last episode of, uh, well, the last episode of season one, apparently, or season 2.5 of The Mandalorian, or season one of Book of Boba Fett, whichever way you want to talk about it. Um, okay. And uh, I, I did there, I guess I dropped a little spoiler. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. But, you know, I, I went and picked my sister up from the airport today and um, she asked if I was watching it. And I wanted to talk about it. I asked her if she was. She's like, no, I'm not watching it. I was almost like, why'd you ask me about it? <laughs> you know? But, but you know, when I was talking to her, I, I, I said, I, I am not the person to talk to when it comes to like Star Wars stuff, because I give the Star Wars universe, and I'll probably admit the MCU as well, a pretty big hall pass on a lot of stuff. Like for me to say something done in the Star Wars universe or MCU, I didn't like that has gotten past a lot of like stuff that I'll accept that's maybe not great. So when people like criticize like Solo, I'm like, well, I I like Solo. I thought that was a great movie. I like that movie a lot, you know? So I realized I'm not a very good judge of things like that, but I really liked the book. But obviously I liked it, you know, like, but, but uh, I also would put that caveat is that, you know, I like pretty much everything Star Wars and maybe don't have the most discerning taste when it, when it comes to those things. But, uh, you know, in the, I guess it was like seven episodes. So I guess it was episode five. There was a big kind of, uh, narrative turn that, uh, if you've seen it, you know, I'm talking about, if you haven't, don't worry about it, but you should go watch it. That, um, you know, like really for me, really, it kicked in at that point. I mean, I was enjoying it up till then, but they, you know, they really turned it up to 11 with like the last three episodes. And then the last, the, the, the season finale, Again, my intellectual part says there's a lot of problems with this episode, but then the fanboy of me says, "Kiss my ass, intellectual part, you suck. This is awesome." You know, 
So, uh, you know, so that's kind of the dichotomy I have going for it. There's the, the fanboy in me absolutely loved the last episode. The, the part of me that's probably a little bit more discerning, a little bit more uh, critical um, understands that there's, you know, some, you know, there's some not necessarily great parts, but unfortunately the fanboy just completely took over the control and uh, kicked the intellectual in the nuts and sent him packing. So, all right, well, let me just shift gears real quickly and you only get one. Okay. Your favorite Super Bowl ad. I have to go with, I think probably the, uh, Dr. Evil one. Oh, okay. That was a good one. No yeah. question. That was, no we question. were big, big fans of the Austin Powers movie. So that, uh, that of course, if you haven't seen the Austin Powers movie, that, uh, ad went completely over your head. You didn't understand anything in it at all, but, uh, I loved it. So okay. what did you, what, which one was yours? Well, I, I, I'm going to cheat since I'm the one that brought it up. Um, I couldn't decide between, I believe it was an ad for Chevy, uh, electric vehicles, but the, the Sopranos ad. You know, I don't Do even know. If, I, I, I don't know. Cause I didn't see all of them. Um, did you see the Sopranos, the show? I, I, I haven't seen the Sopranos, which oh, okay. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> it, 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 it recreated the opening scene from the Sopranos okay. where Tony's driving in his car and the, and, the, and the Sopranos music, which is just really great, except it's the daughter driving the car and the music's, and, and then she pulls up in front of the- Tough to get you know, James Gandolfini to do that. Yeah, exactly. No longer and, with us. And- <laughs> And the actor that played his son in the show is there to meet her. And then you come to learn, and I can't remember the guys, the, the, the guy that did the Sopranos did the commercial for them. Oh, okay. So that was great. And then the one for BMW with Arnold and Selma Hayek, which was was pretty great yeah, as well. But that, that, uh, was a, that was a pretty good one. I just think in general, the, the ads made – tremendous leaps over previous years and uh it was really good to see because in the yeah, for a while there i was like i don't even care i'm not watching the ads i'll, I'll go to youtube but almost from the start it's like oh well, that's pretty good oh that was good so anyway, well right. yeah this is the first year in a long time because usually they're for in the field hockey world um there's the disney tournament is almost always on super bowl weekend and I, that's why I've never gone to the Disney tournament. Um, uh, but this year, it, it was a couple of weeks ago. So this was the first time in a long time that everyone has been here for the Super Bowl. You know, I don't know if it was a great experience because I, I look over at my wife and my two daughters while the game is on. They're all on their phone. I'm like, what? are you kidding me? And then when the commercials come on is when they decide they want to talk. I'm like, no, (laughs) you have it exactly opposite. If you want to chat, that can happen during the game. But once the commercials come on, I want to watch the commercials. I want to hear them. So stop. All right. Well, anyway, we we better stop. Yeah, I guess to some fringe Uh, episode nine, season one, the dreamscape written by Zach Whedon. Yes, that Whedon family and Julia Cho. Directed by Frederick E.O. Toye, who directed 103, The Ghost Network, which was a pretty good episode. And it He's aired November stuff. 25th, yeah, 2008. Um, you know, I mean, right off the bat, I'm almost giving this one a B, but 
Whoa. By the end of the discussion, I'll probably go B plus. I mean, it, it, it is your, I, I think, standard standalone. I'm not sure how much we really push the mythology forward in this one. And again, maybe you're going to remind me of things that, that I've forgotten. I know when I was doing my notes for the spoiler zone, I really was racking my brain and, and uh, did come up with one, but uh, I'm assuming you, you liked it a lot better than I did. I mean, I liked it. Don't get me wrong. I, mean, I was, but. I was thinking, you know, a minus on this one. Wow. Okay. You know, like, well. But you know, like, it's funny how, when we talk about it, the, the, the process of, of working it out, um, oftentimes, you know, we both change our minds. So we'll see. Yeah. Now, you know, one of the things, and hopefully we can gain some more clarity as we start talking about it, the, this whole mystery of John Scott continues and what it was that he was working on. But where the hell are these emails coming from and who's sending them? So we don't really get an answer, but I mean, <laughs> you know, we, we, we could say, well, John Scott's dead. And of course, well, is he? I mean, what's dead in, in the fringe world? So yep. uh, did he set these to automatically, you know, go to Olivia? I guess that's possible. I mean, you, you certainly can put an email to send at a certain day and time. So. Well, but also in an episode where a guy is literally being sliced up by his own mind. How far of a cry is it for her to be receiving these emails, them. but just in her in her mind, you know? Yeah, right. But but then it, it, it they keep giving her clues that allow her to solve that week's case. So again, you know, as we as we go through the episode, maybe that'll become clearer. Still, this whole question about Broyles and his relationship with Nina and massive dynamic. Just when I think Broyles is one of the good guys and is not on Massive Dynamics payroll, something happens that makes me question that. So, again, I, I don't know. You know, it's like Olivia has that one line when she's talking to Nina or or maybe she says it to Broyles about Nina that, that yes, you're cooperating, but not really. I, I forget what term. I'm sure I got it in my notes somewhere. And that does seem to be the case. Oh, here, here's all the files. And of course, we're thinking like, yeah, that's not all the files. Yeah, uh, yeah I really doubt that those, that's everything you got there. But, right, that, um, that's enough files to keep Olivia busy for a while. Yeah, and, and you know, that's part of what I, I liked about this, this episode and, and what, you know, kind of continues is this development of both Broyles and especially Nina and our distrust of these characters and, you know, is, you know, what is massive dynamic in this episode? It's back to seeming like they're like the super bad guys, but then Nina has been helping them. Um, yeah. To, I, I, I mean, you know, to, to solve these cases up till now. So, you know, like tough to tell. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that guy in the hospital says, well, massive dynamics behind ZFT, the pattern, the incident on the flight. I mean, come on. They're, they're just doing all these things to keep prying eyes away from their more nefarious research. You know, almost like that, that theory that 
the the government is you know planting these ufo stories to divert attention away from other things that they're doing and it's like yeah fine you let them think there's aliens and all that then they won't you know come and look what we're really doing at area 51 so <laughs> um and then of course when when they're going through that guy's uh, apartment they open the drawer and they find the plane ticket you, you did notice uh, the airline right I did not. Oceanic Air. Wow, really? Not not flight 815, however. Okay. Well. So, so he doesn't end up on an island. Right, with, well, uh, I'll give you that one. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, you know, here we've got, and one of the things I do like, we've talked in the past about at some point a show needs to delve into the character's personal life, divorced from their professional life because it gives us a more rounded character and and here with a, a show that's got a 20 episode season they should be able to do that so we get a little tidbit of olivia we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute but what do you think about peter's story you, you know just like his past catching up to him yeah well i mean we knew that you know peter had the you know there was a some shadiness in his past and um you know there's people who are after him and everything that's completely how olivia got him on board with this in the first place honestly i don't really know if we needed this you know if we needed to you know see all these sketchy people that peter knew or who were after him and have him you know beat this guy michael up and everything i can't remember if they really went anywhere with this story uh you know so i i, I feel really. like they that they didn't yeah i feel like they didn't really um go anywhere with i mean sure they went so i mean because you, you know you you introduce the gun in act one someone's got to fire in act three right so you know they they must have done something with it but certainly i don't think it ended up being any really big part of, of peter's character arc so you know eh, whatever I, right. I i think i liked a little bit more olivia about getting ready to go out. She's all excited. She's dressed up. She's got makeup on. Then she gets the call. We need you to come in yeah. right now. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, we just. Yeah. And, and I love her response. You know, you're going to think I'm kidding, but I quit. I quit. <laughs> For the weekend. I'll be back, you know. And you almost think Broyles is going to say, okay, I'll see you Monday. Nope. You know, they're, they're, uh, the planes on the runway whatever and then as you said just that that symbolic wiping off of the lipstick just just like wiping away any kind of a personal life she's ever going to have as long as she's working on this team with the bishops and yeah. you know uh, that will remain to be seen as the series progresses but but for right now it doesn't look good for uh, olivia dunham's social life <laughs> Right. Oh, and then we see her, you know, a couple scenes later, it's obviously late and she's sitting there on her computer working and everything. So, yeah, you know, we just, we could, we obviously, you know, by this point, we really have developed a lot of sympathy for Olivia and to, to see this, you know, the, 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 the disappointment, like you said, just wiping off that lipstick. It's almost heartbreaking. Uh, yes. In a way. We also, you know, respect the character because it's not that she's so devoted to her work, but she knows how important her work is. Right. Sure. Yeah. I mean, she is devoted to it. I'm not saying that, but, but it, yeah, I think no, it's no. also that she realizes the, the, you know, the very, very 
um, deep importance of what she does. Yeah. And just a couple of things about Peter's story. And I agree with you. It's, I'm not sure why we have it, why we need it. Is it really just to fill 10 minutes of yeah, episode time? Right. Well, that, that's, that's a thing probably. You know, so. right. And you know, when she says, if, if I can find you, then they can find you. But, but that line, trust you, I'm not even sure I ever knew you. And Again, do we know the real Peter Bishop? I, I, I mean, you know, Olivia uses what she was able to glean to get him on board in, in the pilot episode. But, you know, will we get these little reveals about Peter that might compromise his position on the team? So, OK, if that's the reason this is here, OK, that's fine. But the other thing is when he's beating the crap out of Michael for abusing Tess, we we get that that image that somebody's watching and we never see who it is i wonder if it's the observer i mean we do see the observer toward the beginning of the episode in the massive dynamic building he's just kind of standing in the background but i wonder whether this is supposed to be the observer keeping an eye on peter oh, so yeah anyway all right so we've got massive dynamic ake uh, aka evil corp and the latest incident of the week and you know this guy shows up late for a tech demonstration everything goes well apparently but the aftermath is horrific and it was pretty frightening gruesome i mean really a, a, a pretty damn good sequence of events and how they filmed it, I, you know, I, I started reading a little bit about the guy just writhing on the table, how he would, you know, make all these movements and, and, and they would just keep, you know, filming in little cuts. But, uh, yeah, no pun intended because that's right. what ends up <laughs> happening to him. But then yeah. when he finally crashes on that one car, uh, yeah. just, uh, you know, I mean, a, a wonderful scene to get a certain idea across it's it's a great gruesome scene. as it was yeah yeah it's 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 really good uh actor like and that that part probably the part that really kind of got me was when he's on the table and and flailing about You're just like oh my god like but you know like this almost hitchcockian kind of attack by something as innocuous as butterflies right like yeah sure. you know the, the most one of the most innocent things in in the world and they just start you know slicing him up like this and you know does he deserve it because he killed one of them yeah yeah i'm not gonna go there but you know bug lovers of the world might might say so but you know but the, the, we're just so completely you know, we know it's called the dreamscape so like Part of that is like, is this what? Yeah, you know, what is this? Because you know, are, have they weaponized butterflies? Is this, you know, is he imagining this? But you know, he we, he definitely doesn't imagine himself jumping out the window. I mean, that actually happens, right? Um, just really yeah. great, great, great scene, right? And we learn later through Walter's uh, investigation that he was dosed with this compound, which is then what leads him to basically kill himself uh, because of the, the the fear angle but we never really find out who does it I, I mean i think the assumption is that it's massive dynamic and then i think if we extend that out it's it's nina but why 
is it as that guy in the hospital bed uh, says that that you know they want to keep this guy quiet why would i kill him he was a treasure trove of of you know yeah projects that i could sell to the highest bidder so was he considered a risk from massive dynamic even though apparently he was one of their rising stars as a scientist so it just i don't want to say it doesn't make sense that he was killed by massive dynamic but who else could we pin it on yeah we just can't see it right now we know that there's there's forces at play here there's there's some deep things happening that we don't know what they are and you know like again olivia kind of in a in a nutshell tells nina all these things are happening it, it all leads back to this place yeah sure and, and that was a great line which i, I was really uh, glad to see after her first meeting with nina what that that line that i mentioned I had in my notes that I would expect more from you than polite appearance of cooperation. And, and that's what we have. Of yeah. course, she's given her the the files, but nowhere near all the files and nowhere near the important files. And again, offers her a job. And, and, and of course that just, you know, sets off further alarm bells in Olivia, just trying to obfuscate from, you know, the, the matter at hand. So are you just trying to distract me or is it genuine? Um, I guess it could be a little of both, but. Uh, well, yeah, we, we just, that's the thing. Like we don't know. And, and what more could you ask for a, um, you know, nefarious corporate entity than for it to be, you know, shrouded in obscurity, right? So that we just. Yeah. We don't know, like you know, it. it they seem really bad, and the the guy in the hospital. I mean, I, I don't want to say he has no reason to lie, but you know, probably he he knows he's caught, and and so I don't know. Like we we just, it, it's it's just at, at the one time like Nina seems like she's trying to help out, and then but we know like behind that that fake smile that Blair Brown does that perfectly by the way you know just that kind of false like smiling through her teeth kind of you know, we just don't know what the deal is here and i guess part of it is if they are up to bad things and if they are behind the pattern I, you know i guess you want to keep track of the people that are investigating that so that's that's why they're cooperating so much with Olivia. You know, like that's kind of like one thing that doesn't quite make sense. Right. Because without Olivia, it, it all falls apart. It's not as if Peter is going to stay around to continue investigating. Walter is probably just happy to have his lab back and, and you know, who knows where we would go from there. The scene where we see olivia thinking she sees john scott in the crowd and of course you know as we've been talking about this guy thinks he sees these butterflies you know attacking him and of course we know it's a result of whatever that compound is that that he's been injected with but of course we know that's not the case with olivia or is it i mean right I, i mean walter attributes it to you know the the mind meld that 
you know, she did when she, you know, went in the tank and connected with with John Scott. And to this point, we've taken him at his word that that is, in fact, what's happened. And, you know, she's like distraught. And Fred brings this up in his feedback. We'll uh, maybe leave that, you know, till we get to that. But she's like, Walter, how long is it going to take? We're not we're not making a turkey or whatever he says, <laughs> right. you know, like baking a cake. No, I think he says something. He says, about a he says turkey. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, on the one hand, she really is certainly losing a lot of sleep over this, literally and figuratively. So, you know, I don't know. But the 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 one thing though, they they go to the guy's apartment and she thinks that the butterflies mounted on the wall are moving. So I was going to just say that. like, you know, How do we explain that? Well, I, I think you kind of touched on it, is Maybe somehow she has been exposed to this. Okay. Uh, the, the, you know, whatever the dude was exposed to. Okay. And, and I thought that, you know, certainly they're examining his body and all that, but then how come Walter and Peter haven't exhibited you know these same sorts of reactions that's, i mean who could tell question, walter right? well yeah um you know but she does see in his planner he's written the the word monarch and i guess on the one hand and i know you you've said this before oh 46 minute episode they got to speed things up but you know she makes that connection between monarch and and what it actually means which is of course a phone number that mm-hmm. that she calls all right, whatever. That that's fine. I mean, it's they, just they, kind of funny how the phone number to call this guy is related to his hobby, right? That seems right. like a so, bit of a stretch, but you know, we'll let it go. Yeah, whatever. Um, but she gets that email from John Scott, supposedly. I mean, it's it's under his name. Did he send it? Well, I, I, I mean, is he dead? I mean, is it? Can we say that John Scott is dead? At well. This point? I mean, the, the last time we saw his corporeal form, it was in a little bubble in Massive Dynamics. So, you know, as you said before, you know, there's really, as we've seen so far, um, when in, in terms of fringe, the word dead doesn't necessarily have the um, literal meaning that it, we would assume it usually has, so. Okay. Um, We've kind of talked around Walter, you know, figuring out what's going on here that that Mark Young essentially hallucinated being attacked and, you know, psychosomatically uh, his body created those wounds. And, and, And again, I thought that was cool. The lacerations, you know, on his chest, but how come his shirt wasn't torn and Okay, and, and and again, we don't have an answer still about who dosed Mark Young, but you know, the fingers are pointing at Nina Sharp. I, I think for the for the most part, but uh, well, but but again, it's something that Walter was was working with, you know, and he shows that that tape of himself uh, doing another again another hapless guinea pig. Who they tell him a piece of ice is a burning hot piece of coal, and you see his skin react as if it, it were uh, uh, boiling hot. And Walter's like chuckling to himself. And he says something, I forget the exact word, but he he, said, he acknowledges that. Yeah, he's like that, cruel, that, I suppose, but very enlightening. 
Yeah, like yes, cruel. I suppose you know that's like the kind of like the again, just like massive dynamic. We're really not one hundred percent sure how to judge them. Walter is still, you know, like there's this almost every week he demonstrates this, you know, lack of human compassion. Right. But then this week, though, and and I, you know, it's funny. And and I guess that still makes why he's such a great character, because he is still so complex. Because on the one hand, when Olivia is the one that suggests going into the tank, not once, but twice. Of course, she doesn't go in the second time, but he he tells her he's certainly against it and he, he suggests caution and then he sends Astrid out to get a Bible and she's reading Bible passages that that do seem to relate to what he's doing. And then she asks him if he's religious and he says, not anymore, which implies he was at one time. Well, he's able to quote the Bible from memory. So yeah. um, But, and again, that, that, that dichotomy between science and religion and and again there are plenty of scientists that are religious and you know people might argue well that doesn't make any sense you know one is based on blind faith the other is based on concrete evidence and you know many of these scientists would say and so is that walter bishop it seems hard to believe but maybe not so it's another another wrinkle to the mystery that is Walter. Right. And and then in terms of mysteries where Walter it makes a point to Olivia that he can't see you, right? You know, these are his memories. He can't see you. And you know, she sits down there and and I think to a large extent, you know, she's going in there to get rid of you know this connection with John Scott, but it's almost as if it's cathartic for her to just work through all of this. You know, this is the restaurant where we had our first date. And I did find it telling that she says, I loved you. Wait a minute. This is your first date and you loved them already. Yeah. So whether that was just, okay. Okay. That's fine. Um, (laughs) I don't know if she meant she loved, well, did she mean she loved him right then? I I think maybe she was saying that. Right. But I mean, I just think it's, it's, you know, she goes in there Suppose she's supposed to be on the job here, right? Supposed to try to solve a mystery, and she's trying to get closure in her relationship, right? In the dreamscape, you know, right, right. And and then, despite Walter numerous times saying that he can't see you, he can't interact, she says, "Mark Young killed himself yesterday." And he like looks right at her. Yeah. So. All right, well, Walter, maybe you don't know everything about this technique. Yeah, uh, clearly. And yeah, so so you know we we don't get an answer, but you know then that that exchange she has with Peter when she is out of the tank, she's gotten dressed, her hair's still wet, but but she's going out to uh, you know try to put together a sketch of that guy she sees in 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 the tank. Olivia, if you need me, I'm here. She turns down his offer, you know, to go with her. But then when he says, um, I'm here if you need me, and she's like, I know. And I, I still, having seen it, you know, multiple times, I, I don't know how to take her reaction. I, I don't know if she's saying, I know, and that, you know, I, 
it's really a source of comfort to me that I know I can count on you, or if she's just paying lip service to Peter. I tend to go with the former on that one. I think I, I, I don't. Livia doesn't strike me as someone who you know pays lip service. You know, and, and um, I would agree. And I, I guess that's what makes it all the more confusing for me as I as I watch that uh, that scene. But you know, we we get to you know, and again, we already talked about the. Uh, no matter where my investigations take me, they always come back here. She tells Nina. Uh, and that the whole idea that the co- her cooperation is an illusion and, 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 you know, fine, we get all that. Everything points to Nina. And then that, that final scene of this story where Olivia goes to Walter to ask to be put back in the tank and uncharacteristically he refuses. And, and, you know, is he gaining some sort of scientific morality? I mean, you know, as you said, it, it, it seems like he still doesn't, have right amount of empathy that a well-adjusted person would have but i i guess he is making progress you know and i mean to me this was huge because ordinarily walter would leap at the chance to put her back in the tank absolutely right right and and that i think you nailed it right there is that that's a big part of his reaction here and what we take note of that is that yeah of course like walter just before right he was literally laughing or giggling um, watching him inflict pain on another human being in that videotape. But for Olivia, like he's, you know, not, again, we know he, he, part of him is always, yeah, let's do it. Let's experiment. Let's push forward. Let's science, science, science this out. But yeah, he takes the, the, what we would think for him, the unusual step of saying, no, we're, we're not going to do is too dangerous, it can threaten your life, which it, that doesn't seem to have been something that really stopped him before, even from experimenting on his own son. Um, and, and then she's back home after this. Her computer boots up on its own. There's the emails again. And, and the other cool thing, when we do shows like this, is we, we are taken back to what our computer screens looked like. Yeah. Right, right. In many cases, back in 2008, mm-hmm. the message that he saw her in the restaurant. So now it gets really creepy because the only people that we know of that are aware of what she saw, Astrid, Walter, Peter, and her, of course. So who else knows what she saw when she was in the tank? So I don't know what to think about that. I, I I don't even know where to go with that. Yeah, so well, now I don't think. I mean, I don't really. You mean you mean like like somehow people are accessing the tank? Is that what you're saying? Like, well, I don't know. I mean, okay. I mean, you know that whole idea that he saw her in the restaurant. You know, you know because as Walter said, he he can't see you. He can't interact you with you. So is somebody bugging the lab? Has somebody, I, I can't imagine they could tap into the tank, but who knows? I mean, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so. good point. I, I tend to think that this is just everything is going on in Olivia's head. Uh, okay. But there's something here because, you know, Walter Donnelly tells you that that can't happen. He says that's impossible. 
You know, for Walter to say impossible, then you know, here's a guy who thinks, you know, when when they say someone's dead, he asks how long. You know, for him to say impossible, we we kind of believe him, but yet, you know, not only does you know Agent Scott look up, which okay, maybe that was just whatever how it actually went down. Maybe he wasn't actually looking at Olivia. He never addresses her, but then. You know, at the end, she gets the email that says, I saw you in the restaurant. And you're just like, wow. Right. Now, I guess, you know, as you're talking, I'm hearing what you're saying. And do we have to consider that we see what's on the screen, but is what we see, not necessarily what's really there, but what she sees is there. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Okay. That's what I figured. And, And that. I think makes more sense than just about anything, which then even in the tank, Walter's like, no, he can't see you. Okay, fine. So when he looks directly at her, that's not really, well, of course, what's really happening in the tank. That's, that's what she wanted to happen. I guess. Or if she has his consciousness in her head, you know, what's that all about? Right. Anyway, well, anything else we haven't talked about? in terms of this episode. If you ever are in trouble and you want protection from the FBI, you should also get them protection from the, the guy in your head who's going to slit your throat. Well, that's true too. I, you know, I was thinking it, it seems like a lot of these witnesses end up dead despite having FBI protection. In this case, I don't know what they could have, could have done, right? but I have to assume one of the nurses or the doctors or or somebody that had access must have you know put this compound in his IV and what else makes sense yeah so anyway we don't know well, that, um, I mean and that's kind of like the great thing about like fringe at this point is you know they are just throwing stuff at us every week and we're just like what is going on? You know, like this show is just completely cracker jacks, man. Like, um, and, and there's just this, all this crazy stuff. And they're like, we're not going to answer your questions about it. Just keep watching. You can answer to here or there, but for the most part, we're just going to, for every answer we give you, we're probably going to throw another three questions out at you. Um, to just go along for the ride. And that's, you know, I think that's probably the great thing about what I remember about experiencing fringe just always being in a state of uncertainty. And that's why I'm kind of, I'm kind of happy. I, I, I don't remember that much about what, what went down later because I'm just like, I'm, I'm still, it's like going back in time and watching it for the first time again, being caught up in all that uncertainty and not knowing what the intentions are of, of the characters or if massive, massive dynamics, good or bad. Is Nina Sharp, on Olivia's side, is she working against Olivia's broils working for massive dynamic? Is he actually undermining rather than helping out? You know, all these things we just don't know. And that's the beautiful thing about this show. All right. You want to get to Fred's feedback? Sure. Okay. We will be right back in a mo. Hello, Dave and Wayne and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Fringe Season 1, Episode 9. 
What I find a little strange, or actually I do understand that Olivia wants to get rid of John Scott's thoughts in her head. But on the other hand, she solved many cases so far. Well, as far as episode 9 goes, with this knowledge. So it would be actually a shame if she got rid of that all. Olivia's leap of faith in Walter is of course tremendous. Even Walter says the thing is dangerous to go in the tank and try to do this, and nevertheless she does. So John Scott's memories must be very disturbing for her. But on the other hand, it was not only expelling John Scott's memories, but also trying to solve this case. So it had a double purpose somehow, and we were not told on beforehand. Just just when she went into the tank, it became clear it had a double purpose. But then suddenly she shouted, get me out, get me out, when she saw John murder someone. And then further on in the episode, she wants to go back into the tank and not to expunge John Scott, but because she wants to solve a case. So I wonder if that influences her need to get really rid of John Scott, or that she realizes now that his knowledge, although disturbing her, is very valuable. I really wonder when Walter finds another way to get rid of John Scott's memories in Olivia, if she still wants that, or that in the meanwhile the advantages are larger than the disadvantages. Somehow this series and this way of having John Scott's memories and helping her to solve cases reminds me a little bit in a weird way to the series Blind Spot. I don't know if you ever seen that with Jimmy Alexander, who was found without any memories but full of tattoos, and every tattoo on her body would help solve cases. And last thing, of course, is this relationship between Peter and Tess. They were together in a previous criminal group or something like that. They probably were lovers, but still also working together. And she really wants him to leave Boston. And he beats up this guy who is obviously mistreating her. And at the end we see that they will get to him or something like that. So I wonder how that will evolve. And perhaps also the big question if is disconnected to something okay that will be all for now greetings all the best fred from the netherlands and thank you by the way uh, wayne i gave you the tip that the expanse started again and you didn't know that for me the other way around uh, thanks for the tip that snow pizza started again um you know fred brings up an interesting point that i hadn't really thought about with olivia on the one hand after Walter to get these images and thoughts from John Scott out of her head. On the other hand, these images and thoughts from John Scott are what she's using to solve each case. So, you know, does she realize, you know, this conflict that's going on in her, you know, in her present state? I mean, on the one hand, I guess she must, but on the other hand, I don't know, but I do find that interesting. Fred. Yeah, I think she does, um, you know, understand the, this this conflict, but you know, this is literally driving her insane. 
I think she said it, that it, actually. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and and I don't think we say that lightly because I mean she's not that far away. So yeah, um, I mean if every yeah, day yeah. you're walking around and and you are seeing things that you know aren't there, that's that's going to have an impact on your sanity, on your, your just your overall well-being every day, you know. Yeah, sure. Um, now, now Fred also mentioned a show that um, I had forgotten about, and and I did watch it, Fred, uh, called called Blind Spot, and I don't remember why I stopped watching because I, you know, I definitely liked that Jamie Alexander plays this woman who wakes up naked in the middle of the road and and has no memories but she's got all these tattoos all over her body that she didn't have before and and you know so there's this, this mystery this sci-fi angle to it i i fred i don't know why i stopped watching because i really liked it at least as much as i remember did you ever see it blind spot I, I didn't i remember when it was out and i remember you were watching it for a little bit but not, no i never saw it yeah, um, I forget what year it was, to be honest. Um, yeah, I'm not going to look it up now. But uh, <laughs> yeah, anyway, um, let's talk grade at this point before we get into the spoiler zone. You sticking with your A minus? I think so. Okay. I might be uh, overgrading a little bit, but yeah, I, I, I could definitely see the B plus, though, you know, like somewhere okay. in that area. Well, we'll we'll go B plus for me, A minus for you, and, right. and uh, I think we can live with that. So, uh, all right. Well, let's get to the spoiler zone. As we say each week, if you have not seen the entire series, stop listening now unless you want to be spoiled. And the only thing I could find that I thought fit the spoiler zone this week is when Walter is talking about, you know, Olivia going in the tank and using a technique I developed in this very lab, most of which I don't remember. Right. And is it because of the removed part of his brain that he doesn't remember? And then that led me to wonder, well, is he aware that he removed it? Does he remember that he removed his the part of his brain? I'm at pretty this sure point? the answer to that is no. Okay. And and so and I can't remember. Right. You know, I mean at some point, obviously in the series, you know, we we go down that road and and of course he he does become aware of of what it was that he did to himself, but at at this point I I think that's you know, the only thing that that makes sense. Uh, you know, that when that Tess says to Peter, I don't think I really knew you i think that's one of those that oh that's because it's not the real pe- what you know no that no. now now <laughs> yeah. we're just looking for something to put in the spoilers out. yeah yeah well i think almost every episode they kind of play with that a little bit because um the one walter says i i, I was it toffee yogurt he was saying i couldn't remember yeah like yeah. the food that Pierre liked and Pierre said that wasn't me and i'm like oh damn they're like that was you walter like bah! cop out (laughs) right and and now walter does say i'm remembering things about your childhood right and of of course i i think that is a legitimate thing to consider for the spoiler zone because walter well we assume walter is aware that this is not his peter but again we've talked about the fact that he removed part of his brain 
so does he remember that this is not his Peter? And I don't know that we have a definitive answer at this point. I, I feel so, like he does. Oh, I feel like he does too, but yeah. be, because of other things that he said. So still, what is it that he's remembering about Peter's childhood? Right. So, right. oh, and that was a great line. Uh, obviously, this is not spoiler zone material, but uh, when when he meets Tess, and she says, "Oh, you look older." He's like, "Well, when I met my father, he said I thought I'd be I th- thought I'd be fatter. I think I don't like older more." <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, anyway, I don't know anything else about spoiler zone. Well, that- the, the one thing is, you know, Olivia, you know, seeing the the, the butterflies in the guy's apartment and everything. You know, I know that she, when she was a child, she was dosed with this drug that, you know, allows her to travel between the worlds. And sure. and I can't remember if that's, if this is the drug that that does that. So that's what I'm, I'm wondering, because I can't really remember, but I do remember that, that there was this thing that she, you know, she was given like pretty big quantities of, of this drug and maybe some of the residual parts there are what are you know uh, making her more susceptible to the hallucinations i i don't think it is that was cortexafan yeah and um i i that doesn't i don't know i mean i don't want to say because i don't remember what yeah i I just threw that it was just actually what we're talking about that that kind of like oh wait maybe that yeah so but yeah, so I don't know. Cool. So, all right. Anything else? Well, just again, this isn't spoiler zone, but just you had mentioned the line. You really there was something that I thought was hilarious happened earlier when they are at the crime scene, and Walt is like, "Oh, I need to get this man to a lab. If I only had a lab." And Pierre goes, "Walter, you have a lab. It's at Harvard." He goes, "Yes, I do." You know, so yeah, so he just like good. completely yeah. set Peter up like, for that one. Uh, I was like, just well played, Walter. You know, way to go, man. <laughs> and Olivia, it just kind of goes right by her. Yeah. So, all right. Um, good episode. We'll, we'll head into mid season finale or not. Probably <laughs> not an official mid season finale, right. but the, the, the midpoint of the season. But that will do it for this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. Thank you for joining us. Love to hear what you think about Fringe. Anything going on in your Sci-Fi TV world? Join the Facebook group if you haven't already. We'll be back next week to talk about Season 1, Episode 10 of Fringe. But until then... Uh Uh-oh. I just got an erection.